Good morning and happy Friday to everybody out there. It is the third edition this week of Crossing Broadcast. And once you know, all three of us are here for all three shows. It is a miracle. Stand up and praise the Lord. Carson Wentz, where you at? It is me, Adam Lefko. I got, yes, Kyle Scott at Crossing Broad. I got, I got, I got, I got Russell Joy, a.k.a. Joy on Broad. Uh, what up, motherfuckers? Wow. He is, jeez. He is in rare form this morning. Well. Someone had their coffee. I have not. I'm just sitting here drinking a water, sweating in my New York apartment. Uh, That'll do it. I'm just cursing because, you know what? Joel Embiid did it for the masses, and I want to do it for you guys. Joel Embiid comes out there on some, I don't even know what it was. It was like a panel or something, and said, hell yeah, I'm happy I said F. LeVar Ball. I think it's something that everybody wanted to say. And I'm going to come out and say it. So officially, his new nickname is Sheriff Joel Embiid. I would have really appreciated if he paid uh, straight cash, homie, for the fine. Oh yeah, Love we don't know boss. that he. We don't know that he didn't. In fairness, he may have, but he. That's like that. That's a clear opportunity for him to tweet a video of him uh, wrapping up bills in a rubber band and dropping them into an envelope. I, for the league office. Paying, paying I would have loved if, boys. have you ever seen one of those clips where like a disgruntled uh, person goes into the DMV with like $7,000 in pennies and dumps it? If yep. Joel Embiid did that, it was like, hey, Adam Silver, go, 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 pennies, have been dope. I used to do that this in like high school. I used to collect coins all year, and or maybe maybe like eighth grade, and then go to the bank with. It would wind up being like several two to four hundred dollars in coins and stuff, and there is no better look, or I guess worse look on, than a, on a bank teller's face than when you walk in with like a shopping bag full of individual coins and they have to dump them in their machine, which by the way invariably breaks invariably breaks every time those things you cannot run one set of coins through those things without them breaking the fail rate on those is like 98.2 percent well not only that that was definitely an invention that people thought was going to catch on and then and then it just was not necessary anymore it's like a red box like i'm sure people still use red box but people thought red boxes were going to destroy blockbuster and then netflix was like <coughs> let me hold let me let me get that for you <laughs> it, like Coinstar, I remember seeing that and being like, wow, a machine that counts coins is incredible. Yeah, until they started taking a percentage of, of your yes. money, and then you weren't weren't quite as thrilled. Um, yeah, seven, it was like seven cents on the dollar, which is not... It, yeah, you it know, when it's $400, it's it's a good 40 bucks or whatever it is. Bad. Uh, I'm bad at math. Yeah, it's like 28. Um, <laughs> hey, just to drop, to drop a couple quotes from Embiid, it was at the Variety Sports and Entertainment Summit, and naturally his his quote was i think most people have been wanting to say that but i guess i was the guy to say that i'm glad i said it social media is just about having fun and then his agent uh suggested that he ease up on the curse words next time and he said we got to chill with the curse words it's just something i i had to do because everyone else had been thinking about it so joel Embiid, if nothing else is a man of the people what I love about this is I had expressed early on in the draft process that the reason I was nervous about LeVar Ball around this team was it's such a positive uh, unit of, of, of like social media. Like with Simmons comments on an IG, it's great. Embiid, everything he does is awesome. And I didn't and Dario is super happy all the time. I didn't want that, that other distraction coming in, even if he was that great. Now, the fact that MB, now LeVar Ball is a complete heel in the wrestling landscape that is the NBA, and Joel Embiid is the, is the Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, I think this is amazing that their energies will be pitted up against each other for the foreseeable future. And when I watched that Celtics-Lakers documentary, I was so pissed that they just glossed over the 83 Sixers and the fact that, like, that Dr. J and all those teams in the early 80s were another, like, were the third team that made it difficult for them. I really would love a Sixers-Lakers rivalry to really become a thing. And if, if Embiid LeVar can be anything like McGregor Mayweather, oh, please give it to me in spades. Uh, yes. Which Would Embiid come out wearing the, uh, the fur coat 
like uh, McGregor did. Yeah, Embiid is definitely McGregor, and then LeVar Ball would definitely be Mayweather. That's fantastic. So we'll chant, pay your taxes. Yeah. That's so exactly. let me other let me real quick ask you guys this because I am not a, I am like the least UFC guy on the planet. McGregor is a UFC guy who's going to be boxing Mayweather, right? Yes. Yes. Just so okay. I'm, I'm I was so confused when everyone's been talking about this for the last three days because I'm like, wait a minute, they're in different sports. So I get it now. Um, has McGregor always been the way he was in those press conferences oh, because it was fantastic, Kyle? Kyle? He is the greatest press conference person that I have ever seen in my entire life. Now, I want you to understand this format where McGregor goes up and walks around and talks shit for 30 minutes and then Mayweather comes up and throws money on him. I've never seen this before. Boxing has never had this. Boxing, it's typically the two tables with a podium in the middle. Mayweather goes up there, talks. The other guy just sits there and is like, you're an idiot, you're an idiot. And the other guy goes, but he's ever had an equal, if not a superior, and it's definitely a superior. Now, UFC, because it's never been this big of a fight, there's all these guys sitting there, but they all get microphones, and they're all talking shit to each other. But this, like, lion's den, where McGregor gets to pace around and talk about school bags and not being able to read and taxes and all this stuff and Mayweather dude it is I wish they had four fights to lead up to a press conference because that's what the like the press conferences are legitimately making me want to watch the fight that's how entertaining these two dudes are the one in Toronto was especially like there there were a ton he uh what was it Floyd Floyd gets, he convinced a person in the audience to hand him an Ireland flag. He drapes it on his shoulder, so Conor McGregor goes over and picks up this backpack that Floyd's been carrying around on stage, where he, like, pulls out, you know, wads of cash and says, this is more money than you make in UFC. And then Conor opens it up, and he, like, grabs one stack of cash out of it, and he goes, oh, this is all you got in here? You got, you got, like, what is this, like, $500? And he just, like, goes after him. Uh... It, the the comedy that has ensued has been just like the spectacle of of what this matchup is. We I think it's pretty safe to say that most people do not expect this fight to be um, uh, an no. all time classic. No, but the, the buildup runs away from people for an hour and they call, and wins. But so, if Joel Embiid and Lavar Ball did a press conference, it would be the equivalent of Lavar picking up like a Cameroonian flag and Joel and draping, Embiid being and, like, "Put that down, put that and jo- down." And Joel Embiid grabbing the uh, the ZO two show, uh, shoes and uh, and like trying trying them on and ripping them apart because they're terribly made yes. or something. Yeah, uh, or or just putting on Nikes like Lonzo did. Uh, hey, wait, two or questions. Adidas like Adidas last night. Oh really? He, yes, yeah, you're, yeah. You're playing into their stuff, guys. Uh, two things: How many of these press conferences are they having? I think there's and one more. Yeah, they're, how they're staged are they? There's one in London, I think, coming up. Isn't that? What do you mean by staged? Like this feel a lot, not scripted, but it feels like this is like very, very sort of pre-planned. A lot of this stuff. Oh well, no. Connor knows that he's going to get the mic, and Floyd knows they're going to get the mic, and because. So what happened was the first time Connor went up there and talked a little bit and Floyd called him a bitch and Connor tried to talk and his mic didn't come on and he freaked the fuck out. So the second one in Toronto, that's the reason there were so many explosions and Connor started his uh, speech by calling the Showtime guy a weasel saying, you cut my mic. And he had an entire like thing prepared with the suit and all that. And then that, and that's Floyd came back and held his own. And then they both came number three in New York because you always come big in New York. And number four, I think, will be London. So London, that, which uh, that will be crazy because I mean, all the crowds have been so pro McGregor. This one is going to be insanely pro McGregor. Like, because well, th- they're so close to Ireland, it's going to be nuts. The thing is, though, he McGregor in at the end of the press conference yesterday, depending on which outlet you follow, uh, he seemed to upset some of the crowd. And Sal Palantonio was there for ESPN, and he even said oh, that... Really? Oh, because Mc- of his race comments? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, but- he, he literally went like... He literally went like, let's address the race comments, because in Toronto he said, dance for me, boy, which I can understand how it could be taken the wrong way. 
And McGregor went up there and said, let me address the race thing. And then he defends it with two of the dumbest fucking comments ever. Number one, I'm black from the belly button down. Uh, not going to defend the fact uh, of your race it's a comments. Great pickup line. Uh, no, it's not. Uh, to who? Uh, I, I, I don't. Kyle, if you're using that as a pickup line, then I need you to stay married and have kids because you are not ready to jump back into the game just yet. Uh, and his second comment was, and I have a message for all the beautiful black women out there, and began pelvic thrusting. So, if those are his two ways of addressing the racial drama, no, yeah, I was wondering, Russ, because I heard people yelling at him, and then he had to go with some FUs. Yeah. I kind of wish Riley Cooper would have gone with that tactic instead of the tearful apology. Oh, Christ. So, what'll be interesting is, they're, they're going to go, they're going to go have this fourth press conference in London. I wonder if they'll run into the Sixers while they're there. Oh, that's a nice transition. Was it? I don't know if we were ready for that, but I'll take it, Russ. Wait, I do have. Wait, I have one more. I have one more McGregor question. Someone uh, sent me a video yesterday. It was a good. No. good that was a good one, though, Russ. I appreciate. I'm sorry. That. No, no, sorry, I'm sorry. sorry, Russ. Hey. Someone yeah, sent me a video yesterday of McGregor in a red Rolls Royce with six guys in his car at a stop at a stoplight in New York, blasting Snoop Dogg, and it's not out there. Like, should I just post that because he's so hot yes. right now? Yes, yes. I mean, it's really Absolutely. funny. It's just him sitting in the car I'm and gonna, six I'm guys. Gonna say, I'm going to say this: when we get done this podcast, you post this. You have to because the, by the time they do this next press conference. All of that stuff is done. There were pictures of Floyd Mayweather in New York City that went crazy yesterday. You need to get that up immediately. You know what? Okay. The, okay. The uh, I speaking of like the idea of them having like a big entourage, the uh, the fact that Floyd Mayweather had his like big bodybuilder bodyguards surround McGregor at at the the last press conference, and then he just kind of strolled away down this catwalk while just yelling, "Yeah, yeah!" It's like this. The polarizing nature of these guys and the way that uh, the way that the crowds have just been so pro McGregor, I'm gonna love to see what London has in store. There, uh, there are a few things that I enjoy more than two people with huge egos facing off with each other. I, I think that it ego is something that I don't want in my life. But when you're super, super successful, you need a lot of it. Um, Kanye West being a perfect example. And I'm often fascinated by the energy that surrounds ego. Like when, like I've always said this, if Kanye were to walk down the street in New York and you had an aerial view, you would literally watch people start peeling away and following him as though he was a magnet. Same thing with Floyd, same thing with Connor. They walk into a room and they take over the room. And two people like McGregor and Mayweather facing each other and just pushing so much energy. It's like some Dragon Ball Z shit. Like they have like a like a circle <laughs> of energy surrounding them. It's fucking nuts. Um all right, so you mentioned London. Sixers playing in London. By the way, I want to address something. We're going to read a bunch of the iTunes comments later. A lot of, I've I've seen some few there like it's a lot it's a little bit more, too much uh Sixers based. Um, please tweet at Kyle, tweet at me, uh, tweet at Russ. Uh, we're going to talk Giancarlo Stanton in a little bit with the rumors there. Um, we talked Carson Wentz last episode. Uh, we talked the Flyers draft, but honestly, we haven't gotten to, to Patrick or anything like that. There's just nothing fucking going on right now other than the Sixers. Like, we're going to come up with stuff all the time with the other teams, but I'm not forcing... Phillies talk with what do they do? Is Abdul Herrera actually a team leader? It's just bullshit. Like, if you're not really wanting to talk about it, we're not going to talk about it. But. I do think that on the Phillies side, there there is a little bit of conversation to be had about, uh, and we'll hit this quick because we didn't talk about this, but McCannon essentially saying that there's going to have to be changes. And oh, the we're going to get they, to that with Stanton. Here's so, yeah. here's the thing. Here, yeah, here's the thing. Like, I, I agree. Uh, part of the existence of the podcast is it's a little bit of an alternative to sports talk radio and we try and have smarter takes and i've seen a lot of people tweet that sort of thing well you guys are all you're doing is talking about the sixers draft or the sixers summer league and i could get this on sports talk radio and uh, my response is always motherfuckers well no but my my response is yeah uh no that's all right usually say crap where i feel like you could use the shit so you're just making up for it um but i feel like the difference is we're talking we actually have pretty intelligent conversations about sports, but if you want us to like sit here and talk about the Phillies, the, they are so 
off the radar right now that when you're doing a general sports show like we're doing and like radio does and TV does, you can only go so deep. And the times you can go really deep is when interest is highest. So if this was 2011, we could really sit here and go super deep on the Phillies because every a mass audience is into it. Right now, going deep on the Phillies appeals to like five to 10% of the Phillies fan base that really still watches every game right now. And that is not most people. So you got to like balance having a smart conversation and talking about stuff people want to hear. And all I'll say is that for doing, doing this site for seven years, I've never seen interest lower in a team in any team. Like even the 2013 Sixers got posts, got more attention than we post about the Phillies right now. It's, it's sort of, it's amazing to me because like I started the site built on the backs of the Phillies, and right now a Phillies post, even the Giancarlo Stanton post, which is any other time would have been big news. They've been linked to Bryce Harper. Post about that, it barely moves the needle on the website. Like I, I can't, I've never seen interest this low on a local team. It's amazing. So that's why it's hard to talk about the Phillies a lot because the average person just doesn't give a shit right now, and I, I don't blame them. I don't really either. Yeah, no, I don't. Yep. Uh, they're they are they're finding themselves down in the Philadelphia Union category, but not quite in Philadelphia's soul not quite, category. So we're uh, yeah. so this Sixers playing in London. Uh, does this interest you guys? 100%. Yeah, there, there's a the the first thing that came to mind, and Kyle mentioned this in his post yesterday, is they're playing at the O2 Arena in in southern London in South London, which is about a half hour away from where uh, Josh Harris. Josh Harris's EPL team, Crystal Palace, plays. And what I was saying to, to Kyle, Adam, I don't know if, if you were in on this before we started, but the idea that no, Harris is... taking a shit. Ah. The, the idea no that Harris is going to uh, probably do some kind of a summit between his two teams. Like I, I think it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, there are certain things that, that you do in preparation. Like You'll see uh, athletes. I guess Adam would probably know this better than anybody because he, he's the one that actually interviews real big-time athletes, but um, the idea of looking at, at the way that other teams and other sports train and, and prepare for, for games, I think it makes a lot of sense to have uh, to have the Sixers you know, go to where Harris's team, Crystal Palace, plays to just kind of see the way that they do things and probably have that reciprocated when Crystal Palace eventually does a tour of the U.S. Um, but that was the first thought I had, is of all the owners in the NBA, it it would stand a reason that you'd want to have somebody who has some kind of a connection to England. Now the NBA has had games played in, in, uh, in England before, but I do think it, it is interesting that it's Harris yeah. and, and the, f- the first big reaction of course, from fans was, I hope I'm getting my money back for this ticket. Kyle, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, of course the Sixers gave up their home game. Uh, I mean, I don't think that's people are going to get pissed. It's not that big of a deal. The Flyers actually got a lawsuit over this when they held the Winter Classic because the tickets were different, or fans had to pay extra. I forget the particulars, but the Flyers paid out, I think, like class action payments to season ticket holders. I got to check the particulars, but you actually can find yourself in some trouble when you charge people for 41 games and then you don't give them all of them. So uh, it is a Sixers home game. I like it. The seasons, with the exception of the NFL, all the other sports seasons are so long that I feel like um, any differentiation, cool events, winter classic, stadium series, even though that's getting watered down pretty good. I like these on-location events. Um, I know you're never going to get the big teams like the Cavs and Warriors, so you tend to get like the Tier B teams, but I like how the Sixers and Celtics are are on the level to go be showcased in London. I think that's a it's going to be a good showcase for the game. I, All the Sixers are healthy. It's it's a good it's a good it's a good thing. It's in, it's I look two at it, I, young I look, exciting teams. I look at it like this, two things. One, it guarantees that we're going to get video of Joel Embiid kicking soccer balls against professional soccer players and then being surprised that someone that big could be that good. Uh, Oh, yeah, that's that's definitely going to be a Kyle Scott post. Whoa, check out Embiid curling fucking balls or something like that. Uh, And the second thing is it gives Embiid another chance to be an enormous star on a huge stage. Uh, and to make him international. I think Joel Embiid can be an international superstar. I genuinely believe that. Just based on when he walks... Like, him walking through London 
It, that's a sight to behold. They've never, no one's ever seen a person this big. He's enormous. And with that kind of personality, it's crazy. I remember Sims telling me a story about when they went to Tokyo and Warren Sapp went out there on the first play and got a sack or, or like picked up the running back. I think it was like Leon Washington and slammed him to the ground and stood up and bowed. And the place, it was like when Thundersticks first started. And the place went like ape crap. And they were like smashing. They were like, oh. And Warren Sapp was like a huge star in Japan for a few months because of the bow. Like, I could see Joel Embiid doing some awesome stuff like that. Uh, and I, w- I would, l- the, the more famous Joel Embiid gets, tea. the better. Yeah, or, or like, you know, doing a thing where he like rolls his arm and does like a curtsy or some crap. But... Uh, no, I, the bigger Joel Embiid gets, the happier I am. And he's going to be, I, our... I guarantee you, and I'll I'll not go far into soccer, uh, he, I guarantee you that he and J.J. Redick are going to be catching a game uh, as, long sure. as, as long as they have a few days afterwards. I think they, they would play on a Thursday. As long as they're there for a Saturday, Tottenham is going to play. They're also in London, and that's actually the picture when Redick uh, and Embiid were, were photographed right, together, right, right, right. It, they said, go Spurs, go. That's obviously not San Antonio. That was Tottenham. So the the fact that they're going to probably be bouncing around at a bunch of EPL games is, like you said, it's it's a good way to extend your brand. And and I think for, for the UK, it's it's a, an easy sell and it's easy marketing because it's two historic NBA franchises who are both coming into their own. This isn't like when Jacksonville sends the Jaguars uh, or when, you know, the NFL sends them. Right, and it's two uh, big it's, cities. They're coming from cities people in London have actually heard of right. and not Yeah, like exactly. And fucking and, San and Antonio. The, the, the marketability of these guys and and their easy-to-love personalities, I think, are going to resonate over there. And that it just it, it can't do any harm for the team. Like, I, I know when, when the NFL games are going on in London, there's always the argument of, of rest and travel and how how negatively that plays out for players and yada 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 well there there is literally no downside to this the the only way that this could could possibly go wrong for the sixers or the celtics for that matter is if the nba scheduling committee you know posts a a, a game for them two days later that would be really deep in the weeds yeah we are i I feel like um I'm surprised they're not having. I wouldn't be surprised if they play two games because flying to London for one game seems extreme unless you're going to give them four days off on either side of it. But a uh, quick thing on the soccer games I feel like if Embiid or Reddick are rooting for any other EPL team other than Crystal Palace, Joshua Harris is going to have them shot dead. So, well, he already, I mean, he already knows who they root for. So, yeah, fair. Right, Everton. Let's move on. Uh, all right. Whoa. So, whoa, what a drop there, Lefko. Well, that's my squad. Uh, that he read about them look once. At, look at you. No, I was. I'm very big into them. I've been to uh, uh, Dennehy's down in the West Village to watch many a game. So you're uh, gonna. So you cried. I a, have a uh, Lukaku jersey, so it's a little disappointing. Well, you're gonna have to burn that bad boy since he went to United. You're no, gonna I don't have to burn get fucking bring, jerseys. Bring like back. Uh, bring back your old Wayne Rooney jersey. Anyway, too much um, soccer. I know. Giancarlo Stanton. Ken Rosenthal drops rumors that, what, the Phillies could be taking him and his salary? Is that what you guys are seeing right now? So the gist of it is Ken Rosenthal, who still works for Fox, but I love how he has to report now on his personal Facebook page because Fox is allergic this to should text. Be, he should be doing a fucking Bodner. He ha- I know he's under contract. I don't know if in his in his talent contract he can just charge whatever. If I'm him, I'm throwing up a site as quickly as I can with a $3 charge. And with his following, I'm getting a few thousand people to pay for it, which would be huge. And then by the time ESPN scoops me up or somebody else, then I'll get rid of it. Yeah. But he should be charging immediately. I f- and you got John Heyman writing for some like fan rag sports, which I'm not really even sure exactly what it is. I don't, but uh, well, the baseball writers more than anybody are definitely. Screwed. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Rosenthal reports this on his Facebook page. Deal is Giancarlo Stanton, 27. Obviously, he's terrific, but he's he's owed like basically up upwards of 30 million a year. Uh, for several years. His contract runs through 2027. There's an opt-out in 2020. The Marlins are, especially with the ownership change and the fact that they actually have a pretty decent team this year and the best they could reach is 500. So there's a lot of talk that they're just going to part ways with 
Stanton, the Phillies more than any team in baseball right now, not unlike the Sixers and, and probably even more so, just have a completely wide open checkbook, almost no financial commitments. There's no cap in baseball. They have um, Middleton, who is on record to say he'll basically pay whatever it takes. So if there's one team that could easily take on Stanton's massive contract that's going to pay him for the next 10 years, it's the Phillies. I think the smarter take on this is the Christian Yelich angle. Like Stanton gets all the headlines and he's the star, and um, but he's only played, I think Corey Seidman wrote this on CSN, Stanton has only played in more than 123 games twice in his eight seasons. Yeah, so he the does, Phillies were a lot more vocal, it seems like, about Yellick. Uh, yeah, so Stanton is a little bit more of an injury concern. His contract is a little bit larger, and he's... Um, I mean, he's better than Ryan Howard, but there is some concern about how big, muscular guys like that age. He's already a bit of an all-or-nothing guy, home run or strikeout. Yelich, on the other hand, is 25. He was a five-war last year, uh, something like home runs in the 20s, nearly 100 RBIs, uh, hits almost 300, gets on base, like th- uh, his OBP is like 375. Uh, he's a really good, well-rounded player, a good fielder. He's much cheaper. And the Phillies, again, I'm, I'm citing Corey Seidman here because he's he's terrific on CSN Philly. Really, when they draft guys like Mickey Moniak, they really do tend, this current group with Klentak tends to value uh, guys who can put the ball in play, much more the sabermetrics angle, whereas the old Phillies regime led by Ruben Amaro loved guys and particularly loved Stan loved guys who can hit the long ball but as we've seen bear out that's not always the smartest way to win baseball games so the Phillies really value Yelich and would almost be taking um, this is probably an overstatement of it, but taking on Stanton as like a salary dump, which is a terrific salary dump to get a guy like that in his prime. He's only 27, but that might be the way it goes down. So they could be two separate deals. The Marlins unload both those guys, or they could do it in one deal. Uh, it would cost the Phillies uh, a good number of prospects and obviously quite a bit of money, and especially if Yelich and Stanton were combined. But um, they never. It sounds like they haven't talked to the Marlins about Stanton, but the fact that Rosenthal's talking about it, uh, I don't think it's like that far of a stretch that one of those guys could wind up here. Me personally, I enjoy the fact that the Phillies have been linked in some ways to Stanton, Harper, and Trout over the last you know year as possible destinations for any of those guys. So uh, that's fun. They have a lot of money. There's no way that they don't wind up with a big name player. Um, or Machado uh, over the next couple of years, I don't think. The the I don't know. The funniest part of this is reading people's reaction to the idea of having to pay for Stanton, and the fact that there there are people who don't want to spend the money. And this this gets into one of my favorite, I think, all time stupid fan debates about uh, paying athletes as though you're the one that actually has to pay for them and not the owners. Baseball without a salary cap leads you and and lends itself to being able to overpay for a guy to be able to take a salary dump of, of sorts like this and to actually have a decent player they've got little to no salary committed i think past 2018 or 2019 so the idea that that 30 million to to get Giancarlo stanton and to get yelich it is yelich we've had two different pronunciations set on this podcast so now we uh i can confirm um the the fact that you could actually get one or two really solid players uh, for the Phillies to to you know play for them going forward would would certainly be an upgrade over what they've got going now, which is uh, a ragtag bag of of a band of misfits that you know essentially are are a trash MLB team. And when you have the ability to spend as much money as as you want without a salary cap, and you're a top market, a top media and top sports market in this country, and you put Drek out on the field consistently. I think it's it's time that they actually do put their money where their mouth is. Yeah, the on, the only thing I'll say about the salary thing is I agree with you. It's not I see this argument all the time in all sports, including football, where you know the cap is is super tight. Like, oh, it's not your money. What do you care? Well, part of it is it, there's only so much money to go around. Even in baseball, there's a luxury tax in baseball, and you're still not going to spend a billion dollars constructing a roster. So. 
if you're a fan, you still have to be somewhat concerned. Not like, oh, like the J. I've seen people like JJ Redick. I can't believe they're paying him 23 million. And the response is, dude, like it doesn't matter. The Sixers have to spend this money. It makes no impact on their roster construction. Uh, this is a little bit different because, you know, you're paying a guy for for potentially 10 years a ton of money. It do, it is at some how, point how going to limit what you contract? can do. It, it runs through 2027. There's an Holy opt out. Fuck. Yeah, but I mean, so, so I'm like, gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest. Really fun to watch in home run derbies and stuff. Uh, one of the most incredible baseball bodies I've ever seen. Like his arms and like his chest and how small his waist. It's incredible. And a little but, warm in here. But I, man, I don't. I'm, I'm not paying that dude for ten years. Um, I'm just, not. Not thirty freaking million a year. Just for the sake of argument. Um, in 2018, these are the committed contracts. Yeah, Russ, hold on, hold on. But before, it's not about I, like it's no, not no, about just, 2018 I'm, though. It's about he's having someone like that on the books, regardless of whether there's a cap or not, will still restrict you from doing some things. That's that's the downside here. But again, the Phillies have so much wiggle room and so much money, and it's not like Stanton is is a guy in the infirmary. He's still a a, a serious major league all star in the prime of his career. It's not the worst. Uh, wow, infirmary set off Siri. Go ahead. Wow, that was that was uh, really interesting. Um, the Phillies, as of 2018, have the following committed salaries: Adubel Herrera for 3.3 million. He's the only batter uh, position player that they have that is guaranteed money. Now there are That's a bunch amazing. of guys eligible for arbitration yep. and pitchers. The only ones they have money committed to: Matt Harrison for two million, Michael Saunders for one million. That's it. I'm sorry, Michael Saunders. That was retained salaries. My bad. That's not pitchers. Um, Harrison. Right, so is, I'm talking isn't. shit on Stan. Meanwhile, well, yeah, I think batting. you're missing some arm guys there too. But yeah. no, I, well, I said they've, they've got batting, guys for Stanton's batting for 277 with 26 home runs and 58 RBIs thus far on uh, this season. Um, he is. He ah, man. He's got it's, 88 it be, strikeouts. And only I, mean, I, I, I think the thing with need. here's the thing here's the thing with Stanton. He's a guy like look. I, I, no one is opposed to this. It, it's it's just a it's a money situation. Like how much do you really want to be hamstrung? Stanton's a guy who needs good hitters around him. He's he's Ryan Howard like in that it, you know he's kind of an all or nothing sort of player. So he works in the right lineup. But he's a guy who strikes out 140 plus times per season. And at this point in the Phillies rebuild, like what good is? superstar Mike Stanton, who's going to hit 30 home runs, 100 RBIs, but strike out a ton. What good is he in the middle of your lineup? Yelich, that's why Yelich is just more of a, a long-term upshot for a team like the Phillies. If you're if you're a team on the cusp or any competitive team right now and you can add Stanton to your lineup, he instantly makes you better. Um, but it's it's like the Ryan Howard thing. It's like, at a you know, do you want to build your team around a guy like Stanton? Paying him that much money would kind of force you into that. And I think that's yeah, but like that's I, the I don't think of the debate. I don't think I don't think we're looking at this right, man. Like thirty million dollars, right? L.A. the the Dodgers pay a payroll of two hundred fifty million. Boston's two sixteen. The Yankees two twelve. Detroit two ten. Like there are teams that are over two hundred million. The Phillies only have the following players eligible for arbitration next year. Freddie Galvis, Cesar Hernandez, Casey Fien, Cameron for, Rupp, Michael Franco, and Luis Garcia. That's forget, it. Russ, forget about next year. I think it, it's a long-term Yeah, you're, you're it's talking small potatoes here, Russ. We're asking if you would want to realign the next decade of Phillies baseball around Giancarlo Stanton. All of these scrubs that you're talking, and I know Cesar Hernandez is pretty good, and Freddie Galvis hits home runs after a kid is born, but... <laughs> they're not they're not Giancarlo freaking Stanton and the question is is do you want him to be your guy? Can Giancarlo Stanton be friends with other people to bring them in? I don't know what I don't know how much of a star he is in this league to other players. I don't know. Well, and he's I'd been in rather... Miami and people in Miami get no pub. Yeah, I mean I, I, I love Stanton I think is is at least a decent star in the in in MLB. I totally agree. I love Stanton. I I think the question is though, do you do you do you rather try and hold that money and get a guy like you know like a Harper or a Trout in a few years or a Machado and something like that? Like I think that how does this preclude you from doing that? I must just be totally missing this thing. But the Phillies are in a rebuild where they're going to be bringing guys, up prospects that are Harper. that 
Like I just I'm having a hard time. I don't think with... you could say that. Hold on. I, I don't think you could just make a blanket statement about that. Why 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 not? Because the Yankees or the Cubs would be more He'd rather go there. Why would Bryce Harper want to play for the Phillies? Well, first of all, it's it's two years away. Uh, he's he's from the D.C. He's from Baltimore and has lived in D.C. And Philly is the next closest spot, unless he's going to the That's Orioles. That's not so, a good enough reason. Uh, I didn't say that it that it is. They have a ton of money. Might be able to pay him more than anybody else. In two years, they could be they they can can be somewhat competitive, and he could turn them into a contender. Like this isn't. Uh, I, I don't, yeah, no, I and he apparently he likes it here. Apparently he likes Philly, so I, I wouldn't write that off. I don't think you could write that off. All, all national reporters, local reporters, whatever, have for over a year now been talking about guys like Harper, or Machado, or even obviously even Trout in a few years as Philly potential players. Like baseball is yeah, not. I'm gonna a be sport. the. Fir- then I'll be the first one to say that it's not freaking happening. No, dude. I like you're gonna like you're gonna get comments from people saying like you can't just say that because this isn't this isn't the NBA where guys like chase rings. Baseball is much less predictable. If the Phils throw four hundred million dollars at Bryce Harper, they're one hundred percent going to be in on the conversation. Like this isn't this isn't some pipe dream about the Sixers signing LeBron uh, two years ago or something. Like the Phillies. Well, baseball, the only thing that I was well, but the say, Phillies have to actually put a respectable team yes, together yes, for, agree, for Harper to come. Which is why, which is why I think you guys are missing this because if if you've got a bunch of young prospects that are going to be filling out the roster, thirty million dollars for Giancarlo Stanton is nothing. You've still got a hundred, what, like a hundred ninety million dollars to get to even be the the top payroll in baseball. This isn't like the 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 comparison with Ryan Howard is is not fair if we're looking at the contract because he was making what was it 25 million dollars against a 145 million dollar cap when There's they no cap. when they essentially There's no, no cap. No, I'm saying a 145 million dollar payroll. I'm sorry. And and paying into luxury tax. Like this is not the same. The the percentage that Wait, well, Hold on. That hold on. Stan- hold on. I got I got to play the correction here cuz I'm the one who gets comments when you guys say stuff like this. The Phillies were not paying into the luxury tax. They were. I think the luxury tax is like 170 million. Now, Howard absolutely may have prevented them and hamstrung them because uh, Montgomery kind of famously didn't want to go over the luxury tax, but they were not over the luxury tax. All right, fair. Uh, speaking of big free agents, I'm just kidding. Um, do you want to touch on the John Boric, Tim Panaccio stuff, Kyle? Yeah, so, uh, it's, I mean, this is, a, I guess, a quick aside, but uh, CSN let go of... of Tim Panaccio and D Lineham earlier this month, and they're they're we've talked about this before. They're like all networks. They're trying to get away from people. CSN specifically is trying to get away from people who are, I guess, linear, one-dimensional people who are either solely web writing focused or solely TV focused. They're looking for people who could do it all. Um, so that's why Panaccio and D are gone. Like Panaccio is a print guy. D's a, a TV person. Leslie, Neil, Ron, they're all gone because they're all linear TV folks. John Boric may be seeing some of the writing on the wall since he's a, you know, pretty much your, your standard TV anchor who I think over the years has fancied himself a hockey guy. I've had people who've worked in and around John um, say, I guess somewhat dismissively, that he thinks he could be a hockey analyst, like had outwardly talked about being like hockey analyst jobs around the country and and nationally or whatever which i think a lot of people definitely loves hockey he does and i think a lot of people might roll their eyes at that um i think part of the reason is because (laughs) this sounds crazy i think honestly because of his suits people look at him as just like a like an Mm -hmm. empty suit and i i don't think that's totally fair i i don't I'm not like that well versed in John Boric's hockey knowledge. When I did the post yesterday that he's going to be replacing Panaccio and doing both print stuff online and TV stuff and some like hockey analysis, not just hosting the post game show, but actually breaking it down. I got a lot of eye rolls on Twitter, like, oh, good God, he's awful. And their Flyers fans were each citing like individual examples about Boric. So I'm not sure. I don't think he's the best guy for the job, but I do think people dismiss him a little bit just because he looks like TV talking head guy. But every now and then he'll, he'll lay out some things. He has had some horribly, flamingly bad takes. I know we've chronicled over the years. I don't have any of them handy, but I do know there's been a few things where he said where fans, specifically Flyers fans, have like just facepalmed themselves. So uh, it's a little bit of an interesting move taking an anchor and trying to make him into a reporter slash slash 
expert rather right. than taking an expert like a Isn't Corey Seidman, Corey Seidman, and trying to put him on TV. So it's a weird, it's a weird little thing there, but that's that's the direction they're going. Am I wrong in thinking? Isn't that kind of what happened with Leslie Goodell? Like she she was a, an anchor and then she transitioned more to be back to the Phillies. I don't remember if she started as right. as a Phillies reporter, but she was an anchor. That that I know for sure. So she was and then, the first, and, and then she transitioned. Uh, I think it was like maybe she had a kid or something. I, I forget what well, the reason I, was, but she she transitioned into being more of like the the Philly centric reporter. So it has it had there is precedent for it at CSN. Now, like I said, I don't remember. If, if well, she is did Leslie that kind of no, thing before she was an anchor, but here's where there, Leslie was different. Precedent. She was she was definitely you know an anchor and stuff, and was on the Phillies beat for sideline stuff. But she was not sideline stuff. It's a little bit different baseball. But she was the Phillies ballpark reporter. Um, baseball is definitely her passion. Um, she, I think, for personal reasons, took like part time on, and then became got away from anchoring and just became like the Phillies reporter for mostly for home games. And you know, she was in the clubhouse during the the, the 2008 run after they won, talking to Charlie Manuel in the champagne room, uh, having sh- not in the champagne room, uh, in the locker room having champagne, you know, poured everywhere. <laughs> I like that, so, yeah. Uh. That came out wrong. Uh, anyway, I, mean, I get luxury tax. She, but she wrong, wasn't. Like she wasn't doing like Philly specific writing and reporting. And I think she was caught up in the same thing, where she is a she is a TV person. Um, and even she's obviously written for the site a bunch this year, and I think still will. The reason she's not writing for me is as much right now. I mean, it's really just like there's no interest in the Phillies, and I. I, I mean, I don't know what there is to write about. And quite honestly, it, it's not a. It's not a. F- feasible expense for me to pay for freelance Phillies content at the moment but she's done a lot for us this year but one of the things I've noticed and we've talked about is she comes from a TV background and her um, even when she's writing stuff for the site like she's always approaching it from a as a TV person and I think um, I think CSN is trying to get away from that and trying to get people who like a you know, aren't as stuck in like their, their TV ways. Uh, and that's not a knock. Like, I, I just think that's what, you know, they're looking for people like Boric. And I don't know if Boric's the right guy who can, like what they're trying to do with Boric is take an anchor and make him into a subject matter expert. And I think the better way to do it is, is to look at what they're doing with like Corey Seidman, who's, who's more of a, a subject matter expert in the Phillies and maybe not a real polished TV guy, but I think it's easier to, to, eventually get comfortable talking on camera about something you know rather than um trying to uh learn something being comfortable on camera and learning something about a subject matter and then having to write about it too i adam i've been so sure uh, your thoughts on that like do you, it, do you think it would be harder for you like you're a you're a on camera guy like i weigh in on that well, let me just say this first. I've met Bork before. Super nice guy. Yes, uh, I want to say that. that I'm also impressed by his suit game. Uh, working at Bleach Report the last four years, my suit game is trash. Like I haven't worn suits on camera in forever. I'm just not used to it. Uh, and I know that at Comcast, with he was like the, the number one guy when they would do big features. He would be like the reporter they'd bring in. So I know he's done well like awards wise with them from that regard which does matter to tv stations um so you're asking me what's it like to transition to print if i'm in video yeah i guess what i'm wondering and is i'm gonna like... t- i'm gonna tell you i'm looking around at print guys losing their jobs and major media websites transitioning to all video and my response to you would be hey kyle fuck your columns let me do a video for your website like that's what i would say to you like, if you're going to tell me that I should use the written word where if I have an amazing paragraph in my article, someone isn't going to take a screenshot of that paragraph and put it on Reddit and then that gets transcribed into a tweet and then I'm never mentioned again, that's a losing business for me. I want to be on camera. I posted a video on my podca- my other podcast, Sims Lefko's Twitter page about Justin Pugh commenting on Odell. Odell retweeted it, okay? That video is now up to uh, 1,200 likes and 500 retweets, and it's turned into a lot of followers for that podcast account. That wouldn't happen if it was a quote. It would get taken out of context and stolen by everybody else. And and I have more proprietary uh, uh, stake in a video. 
That's what I would tell you. All right, so I think there's there, there could be a lot to talk about here, but I think there's two points. One, I my my question was more about transitioning from being an on-camera guy to being a subject matter expert, like not just writing. You mean but, to be like an a, like a, a specific a specific sport analyst, like to become their analyst who's doing everything analyst. on that team. Board's okay, so the, the first few things would be this. Uh, and then I have a second I'm, point. If I if that. I am a reporter. Did you say there was a second thing? You yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Talk it. No, let me hear the second thing. Get it all so, out. Well, so the I second, can talk. the second thing about the written word. I wrote about this the other day. I think I agree with you and the industry at large that video is is where it's at because it's easier to monetize right now. And the reason it's easier to monetize is solely because the ads on videos are worth more than the ads on print. And but I think what's going to happen to a degree when you go to a site like CSN and you're bombarded with two autoplay ads on videos you may or may not want to watch, those ads pay more than a banner ad on written word. And the reason is because people game the system on banner ads for years, publishers and advertisers, both sides. That is now happening with video. So I think over time, the video ads will begin do the same thing that happened to publishing it to written word banner ads. They will begin to become less valuable as as advertisers sure. wise up but to the as, fact that people. But as we're doing at Bleach Report, well, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna go five yeah, steps ahead of what you're thinking. So Bleach Report is doing stuff where we integrate branded content into the video. Very so smart. instead of getting McCormick in the beginning of the video, they're using McCormick during the video, which is high high premium content. It's the same thing when you go and watch Spider Man and he's using a Dell and then he's driving an Audi. You know what I mean? And they zoom in on the car and then he's drinking a Dr. Pepper. That costs a lot because most consumers don't even realize they're consuming it. Uh, they're just seeing a car and then later they go, man, you know what? I think Audis are a really cool car. Um, the one thing I'll say now, just to get back to the regular anchor, quote unquote, becoming a specialist. First and foremost, there is a difference between a reporter that reports on the Phillies and just goes out there and goes, I just talked to whatever, and then an insider. Uh, the reporter typically is in the scrum with the guy that hit the home run while the insider is going around to everybody else and he might not even be writing things down. He might just be working on getting stuff for later, which we've talked about on this podcast. You can, I truly believe that anybody can become an insider if... They're willing to work as hard as real insiders work. They have connections, which is the most important thing, and they truly know the sport. Uh, I don't know if Boric has connections. He, it seems like he really knows the sport, and it seems like he's willing to put in the work. But um, access is everything. Who do you have on the inside? Because if you're going to be just the reporter that gives the outside stuff, anybody can do that job. The common fan can do that job. It's about... Do you have the eyes and ears of front office people? And it doesn't have to be the GM. You know, it's got to be the Howie Rosemans in the making. Those, or like the equipment people. Like you need to be connected. Yeah, I know. I, I, I think that was, you answered the question I was driving at. And I think that's a really good way to put it. Like how well does Bork know hockey? And could he be the, the subject matter expert? And I think the, the alternative side of the corn is t- coin is taking someone like, I keep going back to Corey Simon because he was a Phillies, like, online Phillies geek. And I don't mean that disparagingly. And then they are like, hey, let's put you on TV because you really know the subject. And I think there's two different directions you can go. That's That was right. my point. Oh, the, think about it. And the Phillies have, you have two different insiders. Who's the other guy that, who's their player that's on there? Well, I, well no, I think the dynamic show. for them is, is that, Jim Salisbury's the reporter and Sidemans like, the expert. I think that's yeah, the but dynamic. Don't they, okay, so, yeah, so they like, have and, like, Simon, Greg though, Murphy's who is, the guy that's, like, out in the outfield. See, like, that, that's the Sidemen that, writes about them, too. Simon is going to give you the, I am going to take everything on its face, and I'm going to look at statistics, I'm going to look at analytics, I'm going to look at trends, I can talk about rumors, everything. Then they need a guy that can call up, you know... Uh, Herrera and get the inside scoop. That's fair. They, they they need the inside guy that can go, Corey. I know what you're saying makes sense, but I'm telling you the players don't want him to lead off. You know, like something like that. And that's the other type of insider. There's the insider that like lives, breeds, and dies. And like if you go out to dinner with Corey Simon, like everything goes back to Phillies. I can imagine. And then you need the guy that goes, yeah. 
I know everybody's saying Stanton, but I know the teams and the and on the Philly, the guys in the Phillies hate them. Those there, those are the two different types. I think that's I think that's a really good a really good breakdown. Um, my other point on on written was going to be like back to, and we could go around on this because I know you're a video guy, but. I think the reason everything's moving the video is because the ads are worth more. And like the, the ads you talked about where you're in, integrating it in the content, same idea with podcast ads. That's why they work because when we get them on this site, we're going to stop and read them right now. We'll have people's attention. I think not everyone is doing what you guys are doing. I would say most aren't. Like you guys are definitely ahead of the curve on that and the bar stools of the world are ahead of the curve on that. But I would say 80% of video and certainly the sort of video that Fox is trying to do is just blasting blasting traditional commercial style ads right before a video they force you to watch. As far as the written word goes, yes, like right now it's not worth as much, but I do think there's a disconnect between the amount of money in the written word and the consumer behavior. Like there's only so much video people can watch during the day. And I always tell people, they're like, when's the busiest time on your website? And it's between nine and five. It's like 75% of our traffic comes in normal working hours. And it's hard for people like Russ. You have a traditional job, so you could probably speak to this better. And yeah, I, I, think I we've used already, to hold on. It, I think, it just it, but well, you know, Adam. Conversation someone, like we've hit these same anecdotes. Before. No, no, no. But I, I think the point is like Adam. You come from working at a TV station. I think most people who have a normal job can't sit there and watch video all day. Like sometimes text is is the only way they can consume something or if you're standing in line at the supermarket you can't bust out a a a three-minute video on your phone it's easier to read like the written word has still has some value the problem is the system has been gamed in terms of monetizing it that it's not worth as much but i think what's going to happen is is there's going to be like everything is going to video right now and at a certain point people are going to realize like oh shit there's still many hours of the day where the best way for people to consume stuff is read words and i you know i just feel like some like fox completely abandoning written word i know a lot of you want to like applaud it as a video guy but like the ken rosenthal report that most people who consumed that yesterday were sitting at a desk and wouldn't have been able to just fire up a video Oh yeah, I'm not look, uh, and I I agree with Russ. I'm gonna wrap it up, but I'm just gonna say that I I don't applaud it. I understand it, um, and that's just kind of the evolution of the business. But like, I consumed all of Ken Rosenthal stuff via Twitter. You're not yep. monetizing Twitter. If you really, if you like this kind of conversation, which I know this isn't for everybody, yeah, but it was seven hundred words. It was seven hundred words. You really listen. didn't consume the meat of it on, and Twitter. it got deduced down into. 18 words on Twitter, and that's how I got the information. That's what I'm saying. But I think you then you missed a good chunk of the story. Like, what I, I'm saying I think is you, if you want to go, if you want an interesting talk about media and the evolution right now, the last Bill Simmons podcast with James Andrew Miller was really good, and they talked about the number one guy, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, and how they paid for a Twitter guy, and is that worth it? It's just philosophical questions about the way this business is going uh, and all of it. Uh, I have some iTunes comments. Did you have any Twitter stuff that you wanted to get to, Kyle? Uh, uh, no, yes, there was questions, but go to the comments. We're, we're an hour in. Okay. Uh, dudes Talking Sports, a success story. Mike underscore KCCO called us the unicorn of Philly sports talk radio. Uh, really enjoyed it. Living in 407 but bleed 215. The Philly Sports Podcast. Moved to Orlando for my wife's work and missed the Philly sports scene. These guys rock, but Kyle needs to show some love to St. Joe's. <laughs> Fuck St. Joe's. Wow. Uh, Scott in Collegeville, fall programming. Hey, I'm really enjoying the podcast and think Monday, Wednesday, Friday is working well. I love that you guys try to cover some topics deeper like the sports t- bubble TV deals. Have you guys talked in advance how you're planning to do things in the fall once football starts? My fear is this transitions into just another source for three hours of weekly Eagles programming. I think we, no, I mean, I think our Monday shows are going to do great because we're going to, we're genuinely going to have something to talk about and you're going to get a lot of Eagles on Mondays, but I think our Wednesdays and Friday shows, we're, there's going to be a lot of Sixers and, and some Flyers stuff to talk about. So, yeah, no, I, we're not going to be 24-7 football. But Mondays, I would imagine, are going to be a lot of football. And that's, I think that's exactly, the, that's exactly the kind of point that I think is important to make is we, we talked about this at the beginning of the podcast. Like, we, I think we do make a concerted effort when we're 
discussing what we're going to talk about on on every episode about making sure that we're trying to hit stories on every team but but there there has been so little on so many of these teams that like even for a four for four guy bow um it's it really has been difficult to to try to drum up interest in in the Phillies for example but by the time eagle season rolls around i think it's what mid october the the flyers the sixers and the eagles are going to be playing yeah, and, and, so and, and the, think about this. I think what we'll do once it gets really into the heart of those seasons is we'll do a better job of blocking out which segments of the podcast are going to be about which teams and stay really strict to it. And then I would ask Kyle to probably go through and just get the time code of when each block starts and put that on Twitter so that if you're tired of Eagles talk, Fast forward to 1946, where we have a large chunk about what the Phillies and the Sixers and the Flyers are doing. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. I mean, you know, anyone listening now, it's like, uh, I mean, there, there really isn't a lot to talk about. Like, I actually, I'm glad that we, we enjoy talking about the sports media stuff. And it's funny because the a good chunk of our feedback, even when we had the draft party, I, I, I've gotten that sports bubble thing a lot. I've gotten the media stuff a lot. I think it's different. And certainly right now, with it being as slow as it is in the summer, people don't want to sit there and listen to sports talk radio where they're talking about Eagles offseason stuff and inane Sixers topics and religious. This is, yeah, this is the reason why a lot of yeah. media companies start doing the NFL Top 100, the Mount Rushmore of blah, blah, blah. This is, this is why that happens, because this is the slowest time of the year. It's really hard to fill a show uh, with all that stuff. That's why uh, NBA free agency is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, because in a slow time, it's ter- took on a whole new life. It's why you see people care about the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. And it's why a lot of people are looking at McGregor and Mayweather and going, thank the Lord I have something that's this entertaining to talk about. And LeVar Ball. You start getting into the other stuff. Yeah, that's why. Like, I I think it is important that people know that we're cognizant of the fact that like we we need we we understand that there is a need to talk about other teams. It's just like I, I think I think we might run into a little bit of a, a hard spot, and I think part of the reason maybe we've gotten away from harassing radio as much as as we used to is you know like we we I think run into a little bit of that similar kind of struggle of. The, the lack of, of different things to talk about. But the, the thing that sets us apart, I think, from, from what people typically have to listen to is the other kinds of, you know, slightly off-the-beaten-path topics that we hit. Um, but we I think we are at such a low point for the Phillies and for other teams outside of the Sixers right now and from, like, a Carson Wentz press conference about his foundation starting up, we're at such a low point that, like, I think we've been trying to scrape the bottom of the barrel for for what's there. Like, heck, I I was trying to convince you guys about doing twenty seconds on a soccer story the other day because we're that we're that low. Um, two things I will say: uh, I had lunch with sales guy Kurt yesterday, and uh, we talked about potential experiential events. Uh, the idea of a London trip was floated. Um, I don't know that the logistics of that would be pretty pretty intense, uh, but I would be interested to hear. Certainly, anyone who is listening an hour into our podcast or probably among our better audience members who would be the most interested in this. So, I'd be interested to hear feedback if that's something you guys would be open to. Uh, the other thing is, and this would be different for us, but to what you guys just talked about, it being the summer and not a lot going on, a Mayweather McGregor watch party. It's in late August, I think. Um, I think that's going to be a fun event. Like I am not a UFC boxing guy at all in the least. However, I think that will be a marquee event that a large majority of sports fans will be watching. So I'd be interested to hear if anyone have interest I, in it. I really, really want to do a, a watch party for that. If so, there are people that are interested in it, I think that that is going to be a fight that will transcend that will transcend sport for a day, and that will be a heck of a time. Like I thought the draft party was fun, but I think. I think we know for a fact that anywhere that we would want to have a, a watch party for the McGre- the uh, McGregor Mayweather fight, um, that that place is probably going to be absolutely blow- like blowing the roof off the place because they're as electric as I think that fight has kind of taken social media by by the throat and it, it's kind of forced you to talk about what will probably be a bad fight. Um, I think the the build up over the next month is just going to lead 
uh, is going to lead the conversation and and you know really. I don't know. I, I went off on a on a really bad rant there. My yeah, apologies. Uh, I'm just yeah. kidding. Uh, give another no, shout it out to was, Ghost of KJ McDaniel's for the five star review. He asked a lot of questions about what's the next step to growing the podcast uh, and, and all that stuff. Uh, Eagles Eric five great show five star review. Adam underscore zap eighteen. This podcast rocks. Covers what all true Phillies and and beyond sports fans. Oh, I cut myself off. Uh, we are up to I now. Thought that was my headphones for a second. Two hundred and twelve five star reviews. All right, this has been. A I long like the podcast. fact that that somebody trashed uh, the former say anything intro. I am also glad that it is that it is gone. Do you, I like I that don't, song. I don't. Is it weird? I don't listen to any podcasts that I do after I record them. It's I a listen little weird. To, you've I never, listen you've never listened every, back to this. That's a little no. weird. I don't. I spend an hour of my time recording it, and then to go back and listen to it, it's like like you said, I have so many things to consume and or do or <clears throat> not do that to sit around and listen to a conversation that I've already had, I just, I can't do it. Even for critiquing purposes, like I'll go back and read stuff I wrote like later in the day because when your mind's fresh and be like, okay, what could I do better here? Like that, that's... That's the reason I, I'll go back you, and listen so you to this don't, podcast. Like, you can't tell what you were good on or bad on in today's podcast? I, I, yes, but I think I think you have to go... Well, I don't know. I mean, that like, I don't listen to every minute of every show after we do it. But yeah, I mean, I, I go back and almost anything I do, reconsume it to see how it comes across. Because when you're in the heat of the moment... Not in the heat of the moment, but like when you're in the middle of a conversation, there are things where I'm like, ah, oh, crap, that that wasn't good. And then I go back and listen to it actually like, oh, that wasn't so bad. And there are other things where I'm like, oh, that was a good conversation. And then go back and listen to it. And it's like, ah, that didn't quite come across the way I felt like it came across. I'll do yeah, it. Like when you do as much stupid crap as I do, like I can go back and I know right off the bat that I blew the uh, luxury tax in baseball. <laughs> But I'm wondering if my, like, incoherent little rant that tailed off about two minutes ago, if it was as long as it felt like it was for me. No, so, like, I'll I go back and listen yeah. to it. It'll be, it'll, be, it'll be swell. Yeah, no, I don't listen to it. Well, I'll, I'll do enough listening for both of us, and I'll, I I'll send, you, I'll send like, you show if, notes. If, if Can you watch any... yourself on video? Because you do. Like, I assume coming like coming up, especially in TV, you had to watch and oh, like, sit down and critique um, yeah, your well, own that, Maybe that's what it is, where I've, I've, I've rewatched myself so many times. Yeah. Um, video is different because it's like you want to see how it plays. So like if I have yeah, something with an athlete that I thought was like a really good moment, I want to go back and see was it as good as I thought. Um, and then, uh, you know, you're also looking at other things like body language and stuff like that. But audio, I don't know. I'm, I I give I give it and I and then I I get I get done. I don't know. I can't handle it. Interesting. I can I can listen to myself talk. It doesn't bother me. I watching myself on video makes me. I'm I'm not particularly good on video, but watching yeah, I'm a myself fucking on video. Ham, so I, I, I well, like Kyle, it. it's probably because you don't leave your house. You are, you are the Snow White of the podcast at this point. You, and let me let me little, throw this out there. I am filling sun. in uh, on CBS Sports Radio tomorrow morning, Saturday morning, uh, from six to ten with Maggie Gray. So if you Want to listen to my dumbass on national radio tomorrow from 6 to 10? Uh, check it out. Call in. Uh, give a shout out to the Crossing Broadcast. And uh, yeah, let's get weird. My God. Maybe Kyle I'm, and I'm calling I, in. Kyle, I'm calling in. I, I think we should, we should call in. I have no totally. idea what we're going to talk about, but I like submitted all of these topics that I thought would also be interesting, and her and the producer didn't respond, so I don't know <laughs> if I wasn't supposed to do that or not. Uh, it, so whose show... Wait, so it's a CBS radio thing. Whose show is it? It's Maggie and the Moose. Maggie okay. Gray and Malus, who is or whatever his name is, who's like a, he's like a really big New York sports guy. Okay. So you're the moose tomorrow? Yeah, I'm going to be the moose. Ah, <laughs> uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle style. That will be great. Uh, I, I, the podcast has done you some good then because 6 a.m. Oh, yeah, uh, it'll be very good. Yeah, so I'm going to get to bed early tonight. used to talking at this hour. Yeah. Un- unless, uh, unless we have a Are you going to take a shit at 6 a.m. on that show? <laughs> no, like a good, a good Lefko uh, forgot to set the alarm. 
or a good let oh, go I'm hit. Setting, I'm setting left 19 go. alarms tomorrow. Yeah, well, usually you, you said, what, three? And and we've had a few late starts or a few missed episodes. So uh, <laughs> yeah. best of luck to you. Do, do you want us to call you in the morning? No. I don't have your number. Maybe Kyle does. He can uh, he can give you a, a nice wake-up call no, uh, just fine. to make sure that you don't. I'm going to have the girlfriend be there, too. She's going to slap me. All right, that's good. Yeah. Somebody dump water on your hands. That'd be good. We've gone so far off the rails at this and point. And that's it. As always, why don't you guys submit your five-star iTunes reviews with a comment. As I've mentioned, 212 of you have done so thus far. We really genuinely appreciate it. It's fun to watch this thing grow. I know Kyle keeps us updated. More and more listeners are listening to every episode. It's a lot of fun to, to find out how many people are consuming it, to check Twitter, and you guys are tweeting away at us. It's really awesome. Um Next Monday, we're back at it again, uh, and we're going to keep going. So hit Kyle up at Crossing Broad on Twitter. Russ is at Joy on Broad. I am at Adam Lefko, L-E-F-K-O-E. Enjoy your weekend. If you guys are going down the shore, I hope the weather is awesome for you guys. If you're staying at home, I hope the weather sucks, and you go, super happy I didn't go down the shore. Uh, For Kyle, for Russ, I am Adam. Enjoy yourselves, and we'll see you guys soon.